Amuba saw his father fall, and leaping from his chariot strove to make his way through the mingled mass of footmen and chariots to the spot. Jethro followed close behind him. He too had caught sight of the falling figure, and knew what Amuba did not, that the Rebu had lost their king. He was not forgetful of the charge which had been laid on him, but the lad was for a moment beyond his control, and he too was filled with fury at the fall of the king, and determined if possible to save his body. He reached Amuba's side just in time to interpose his shield between the boy and an Egyptian archer in a chariot he was passing. The arrow pierced the shield and the arm that held it. Jethro paused an instant, broke off the shaft at the shield, and seizing the point, which was projecting two inches beyond the flesh, pulled the arrow through the wound. It was but a moment's work, but short as it was it almost cost Amuba his life, for the archer, leaning forward, dropped the end of his bow over the lad's head, a trick common among the Egyptian archers, and in a moment dragged him to the ground, while his comrade in the chariot raised his spear to dispatch him. Jethro sprang forward with a shout of rage, and with a blow of his sword struck off the head of the spear as it was descending. Then, shortening his sword, he sprang into the chariot, ran the man holding the bow through the body, and grappled with the spearman. The struggle was a short one. Leaving his sword in the body of the archer, Jethro drew his dagger and speedily dispatched his foe. Then he jumped down, and lifting Amuba, who was insensible for the sharp jerk of the bowstring upon his throat and the violence of his fall, carried him back to his chariot. This, with the greatest difficulty, he managed to draw out of the heat of the conflict, which was for the moment raging more fiercely than before. The Rebu, who had seen the fall of their king, had dashed forward to rescue the body and to avenge his death. They cleared a space round him, and as it was impossible to extricate his chariot, they carried his body through the chaos of plunging horses, broken chariots, and fiercely struggling men to the rear. Then it was placed in another chariot, and the driver started with it at full speed for the city. Jethro, on emerging from the crowd, paused for a moment to look round. He saw at once that the battle was lost. The center was utterly broken, and the masses of the Egyptians who had crossed the swamp were pressing heavily on the flanks of the Rebu footmen, who were still opposing a firm stand to those attacking them in front. For the moment the passage of the Egyptian chariots was arrested, so choked was the causeway with chariots and horses which were embedded in the mire, or had sunk between the faggots, that further passage was impossible, and a large body of footmen were now forming a fresh causeway by the side of the other. This would soon be completed, for they were now working undisturbed by opposition, and Jethro saw that as soon as it was done the Egyptian host would sweep across and fall upon the rear of the Rebu. Jethro ran up to two mounted men, badly wounded, who had, like himself, made their way out of the fight. "'See,' he said, "'in a quarter of an hour a new causeway will be completed, and the Egyptians will pour over. In that case resistance will be impossible, and all will be lost.' Do one of you ride to each flank and tell the captains that the king is dead, that there are none to give orders here, and that their only chance to save their troops is to retreat at full speed, but keeping good order to the city. The horsemen rode off immediately, for Jethro, as the king's own charioteer, was a man of some importance. After dispatching the messengers, he returned to his chariot and at once drove off. Amuba was now recovering, and the rough motion of the vehicle as it dashed along at full speed aroused him. "'What is it, Jethro? What has happened?' "'The battle is lost, Prince, and I am conveying you back to the city. 
You've had a rough fall and a narrow escape of your life, and can do no more fighting, even if fighting were of any good, which it is not. And the king, my father, Amuba said, struggling to his feet, what of him? Did I not see him fall? I know not of him for certain, Jethro replied. There was a terrible fight raging, and as I had you to carry out, I could take no share in it. Besides, I had an arrow through my left arm. If I had been a moment later, it would have gone through your body instead. And now, if you do not mind taking the reins, I will bandage it up. I have not had time to think about it yet, but it is bleeding fast, and I begin to feel faint. This was indeed true, but Jethro had called Amuba's attention to his wound, principally for the sake of diverting his thoughts for a moment from his fear for his father. As Amuba drove, he looked back. The plain behind him was covered with a mass of fugitives. "'I see that all is lost,' he said mournfully. "'But how is it that we are not pursued?' "'We shall be pursued before long,' Jethro answered. "'But I fancy that few of the...